Hello, Monday. We've got big news today. Anthony Fauci, the Fauci, has announced that he will be stepping down from his positions in the Biden administration. He is the chief medical advisor to the president, and he's been the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases for as long as any of us can remember. But before you get too excited, hold up a minute. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen here in the state of Washington, and we are working hard to advance the conservative movement in a very deep blue state. We are doing that by supporting conservative candidates. We are working hard to educate and empower citizens to step up and take action that can make real necessary change in our state. If you do not live in the state of Washington, I'm excited to announce that we will be launching our national platform, Conservative Ladies of America, later this fall. So stay tuned for more on that. In the meantime, you can learn more about Conservative Ladies of Washington and the work that we are doing and how you can get involved by going to our website, conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservativeladiesofwa.com. Well, happy day. Anthony Fauci, the Fauci, is going to be stepping down from his role in the Biden administration. This is earlier than what he had announced last month. He announced he would be retiring at the end of Biden's term, and now he is going to be stepping down in December. Well, before you get too excited and think about how great this is, and it is great. I mean, the guy is 81 and he's been in this position for like 50 years. But he has said in a statement, while I am moving on from my current positions, I am not retiring. After more than 50 years of government service, I plan to pursue the next phase of my career while I still have so much energy and passion for my field. Oh, is, is that what it is? Energy and passion for your field. The first thing that comes to my mind is the amount of lives that have been ruined, especially over the last two years. Also interesting is that Fauci is going to get the largest federal retirement package in history when he leaves his job. Fauci is currently the highest paid federal government employee since 2019. He earns, as of today, $480,654, which is more than his former boss, Francis Collins. And for context, President Joe Biden makes $400,000 a year as president. Now, this salary doesn't include what we know, all of the uh, funds and things he gets from his other interests, shall we say. So when he leaves, he is going to receive the largest federal retirement package in history with a first year payout exceeding $414,000 a year. Now, if you are someone who lost your job or lost some of your retirement or lost your pension over the last few years due to Fauci's recommendation on mRNA injection mandates, you might be a little pissed off. 
I think we all should be a little bit pissed off, a lot pissed off, actually, considering the impact that this one man has had on American citizens and the ability for American citizens to earn money, to provide for their families. This man and his decisions have really had a profound negative impact on citizens and we cannot forget this and while people are thinking well this is great he's leaving his position he says he's going on to pursue other interests so that gets me started thinking what other interests could those be and the first thing that comes to my mind is Bill Gates and the two of these evil people teaming up to do something well evil So I'm not sure what's next for Fauci, but I think we need to watch this. I really hope, and Rand Paul tweeted something today to the effect of that he is still going to hold Dr. Fauci accountable, and I hope that they still have these Senate hearings to question him about the gain-of-function research and his involvement in the whole COVID scamdemic. I hope that they will continue this questioning. I hope they will continue to press on with him. And I hope, I hope and I pray that this man will be held accountable for all of the evil and harm that he has done. And his harm dates way back to, you know, when he was working on the AIDS crisis and telling people lies about the AIDS crisis. If you recall, there's a viral video around about how he told people they could catch AIDS just by being in the same room with someone with AIDS. So he's been spreading lies for decades and it's time for him to be held accountable. And I really pray that our leaders in the Senate will not let up and they will continue pressing on with this man and that he will in fact be held accountable. If anybody in this world needs to be locked up Fauci is the one. So that's our big news today on Monday, August 22nd. Good news. And I've got links, of course, to some articles that support the information I just gave you in the notes. Well, moving along to not so great news. I live in Snohomish County here in western Washington. And I've done episodes in the past talking about the anti-police laws, the police reform, as they like to call them, laws that were passed in the 2021 state legislative session. There was a package of about 13 police reform bills that really tied the hands of our police officers that really emboldened criminals all over our state and do not hold them accountable. And since these laws were passed in 2021, we have seen statewide a huge rise in crime from Uh, violent crime with shootings are up, home invasions are up, theft is up. I see on, you know, social media every day in the neighborhood groups, you've got people showing their ring cameras. And have you seen this guy? He broke into my car last night. We've got the catalytic converter theft issue that's been a huge problem in Washington state. We've got drug use is rampant and homelessness. And so Snohomish County is Uh, north of King County, north of Seattle by about 20 minutes. And 
it used to be like farmland. A lot of people had horses. I grew up here. I spent my whole life in this area. And Snohomish County was kind of considered a rural area compared to Seattle. But it's really not anymore. It's been really developed. It's really quite urban. And especially the South Snohomish County area. If you go to kind of the outskirts of the county, you'll find it's a bit more rural. But of course, the the development and, and building is going out into those areas because they're running out of out of land. And so there's tens of thousands of new home developments over the last several decades, which has made the county more urban. Well, Snohomish County is becoming a lot more like the Seattle area. This The policies from Seattle are filtering out into these other counties throughout the state. Snohomish County is one of them. And our homeless problem is becoming significantly worse than ever before. I mean, I can go, you know, a couple blocks from my house and see homeless people, which never used to happen before. So the homeless problem that we have in Seattle is spreading like wildfire out into the suburban areas. And so this is Snohomish County has seen a huge influx of homeless people. And over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days, three shot, and three people are dead. I told my husband yesterday as we were getting for ch- ready for church in our bathroom, we heard a, a bunch of sirens going by. And I mentioned that we have been hearing a whole lot more sirens lately. And my husband agreed. And then later yesterday afternoon, we hear of yet another shooting. Well, with these policies that have been happening in Washington state and with the rise in crime, we are seeing that there aren't there's no not enough police presence to patrol and protect communities as there used to be. So Friday, you had a home invasion of a mom and a dad and a child and the woman was shot by one of uh, there were three home invaders and and the woman, the wife, the mom was shot and killed in this home invasion. Now this is just a couple blocks away from where a friend of mine lives and it's actually a very nice area. So this crime is spreading into what we would otherwise consider to be low crime, nice, affluent neighborhoods. Okay, then on Saturday, we hear of another shooting. This time it's in Granite Falls, and I'm not really familiar with the area of where it happened. It was a 22-year-old male shot and killed a 27-year-old male. And then Saturday, Sunday, yesterday, we get another report come out on, I see, I'm seeing this all come out on Twitter as it's happening. And yesterday, there was another shooting in South Everett, which can be kind of a shady area. I'm not exactly sure about this particular location. But it was another person who was shot and killed by a suspect is a black man. And part of I and I I say that about the suspect only because part of the Democrats policy is solely based on equity, diversity, and the fact that we cannot prosecute crime based on race and that we cannot hold criminals accountable because of their race. That is a disadvantage to them. That is inequitable for them. And so these criminals are getting off because they are people of color. And they are in a what I call a protected class by the Democrats. Now, here's another interesting thing. There were my husband had to go to the gun range and and pick something up yesterday. And he had to drive by where this shooting had happened. And he said it was tons of media people all over the place. Well, 
this happened at, let's say, 1230 yesterday. And I didn't see any media reports come out until 930 last night. And they hadn't even been updated. You know, it was as if they had written it in the afternoon and then they didn't go live with it until 930. So it wasn't even up to date. It wasn't accurate. And I have to wonder, why is it that the media does not want to put these stories out there. They're downplaying the crime because they don't want citizens to notice. Here's the thing. I don't believe that citizens are making the connection between the rise in crime, the violence that we're seeing in our neighborhoods. They're not connecting the dots between that and the lawmaking process in our state. And until people understand that these instances that are happening, our unsafe communities are a direct result of the policies created by radical left Democrats. And until they understand that, they won't know to vote better. So here again, I find myself screaming, wake up. I want people to wake up. I want people to understand that we cannot keep electing these radical left Democrats who have these crazy policies that are creating this crime problem and chaos in our communities. And here's the thing. We know, based on what we saw in the summer of 2020, where we had riots all over the country, especially and only in these Democrat-run blue cities, We saw President Trump in 2020 running on a law and order platform, but the Democrats, they will twist it. They will they don't want you to understand why these things are happening. They're making it more about the race issue and Black Lives Matter and people wanting equity. That's not what it's about. And they will twist the truth and they will continue with their radical policies and their soft on crime policies that don't hold criminals accountable, they like this. These are, this is exactly what these George Soros funded county prosecutors are all about. They are all about releasing criminals. They are all about soft on crime policies. They're all about diversity, equity, and inclusion when it comes to the law. We cannot support that any longer. And I believe that sane people, I don't care what party you affiliate with, sane people do not want these policies. Sane people want to know that their home and their family is protected. I have never been more glad to be a gun owner than I have been this weekend because I know that I can protect myself. I know that my husband will protect our family and he will protect our home. A lot of people in my area are anti-gun, and so they don't have the means to protect themselves. And their Democratic leaders that they are electing don't want them to be able to protect themselves. You got to see the writing on the wall. You've got to see what these people are doing. It's pretty blatant. But the messaging is skewed so that people don't understand what's going on. And this is not a gun problem. Criminals going to criminal. I think it was Rep. Jim Walsh that tweeted that the other day, and I picked up on it because I like it. Criminals going to criminal. They don't care about your laws. And this last 2022 session, the state legislature passed more gun control laws. They banned high capacity magazines. Now you can only have 10 rounds in your magazine. 
Criminals don't care about that. They're not going to abide by the laws. So this isn't a gun problem. This is a policy problem. And we need to be electing leaders who are going to stand for law and order and who are going to hold criminals accountable. And I believe this is one of our biggest issues in this election. And this is one of the biggest issues that Republicans can use to get everybody behind. You can get the support from all citizens. Nobody wants to be unsafe in their home and their community. Everyone wants their family to be safe and protected. I go to the grocery store and almost every time I see people in the parking lot getting high. Moms don't want to take their kids to the grocery store and have them seeing that and all this drug paraphernalia laying around. We've got needles on our sidewalks and in our parking lots. Come on. But if we continue to vote for the lawmakers that are making these laws, we are going to continue to see these results and it's going to continue to get worse and innocent people are going to continue to get hurt and that could be you. And so I encourage you to find out who is running for office in your district for your state legislature. So even if you're not in Washington, look it up, find out what your legislative district is, find out who the Republican on your ballot is going to be on November 8th and support them, contact them, reach out to them personally and try to try to make communication with them and let them know you want to support them. You want to know what they're about. And then when they get elected, you have a, a connection and you can communicate with them and you can help them and they can help you. And that is how we can help turn this around on a state and local level. Secondly, you've got to get involved in the legislative process. When I was testifying in my state legislature this year for the very first time ever, I realized that the other side is extremely well organized and our side many times doesn't even show up. If we're not even going to show up, what can we expect our lawmakers to do? Now, granted, the other side has the, you know, unions and these activist groups and all of these things where they're very well coordinated and our side really doesn't have that. So it's going to have to be more of a grassroots effort. And we will be doing that. Conservative Ladies of Washington will be doing that. And then, of course, once we expand to Conservative Ladies of America, we will be doing this on at first a federal level and then we will get down into the state level because I firmly believe that state and federal legislation is where we need to be more active. And I am committed to helping get that done. Lastly, I want you, if you're not already a firearm owner, I want you to go to your local gun range, gun club, and start talking to someone there. Find out about firearms. Try to find out what one would be best for you and then learn how to use it. Take a safety class. Most of the local gun shops and gun ranges will offer something like that. I believe that being able to defend yourself with a firearm is very important. It is our constitutional right and I don't think things are going to get better. I think they're I think eventually they could. I think in a state like Washington, I think we're going to see things get worse before they get better. So the best thing you can do is be able to protect yourself and your family. I encourage you to have conversations about law and order and the crime rates that we're seeing in states all over the country 
with your friends who may not be political or really all that interested in what's going on in government. This is something that we can really unite citizens around and really get citizens informed so that they are voting better, so that they are voting for candidates who will empower our law enforcement to be able to protect our communities, who will write policy that will hold criminals accountable. We must come together, we must organize, and we must work to change policy and start on a local level. Get involved with your local representatives and figure out how you can support them and how you can work with them in this lawmaking process because I strongly believe that's where it's at. So a lot for a Monday. Some good news, some interesting news, and some not so good news, but there is as always, an action that we can take. So please take that action step of finding out who is going to be on the ballot in your legislative district, connect with them and figure out how you can support them. As usual, if you've got a topic idea you'd like me to address on an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear about it. All my contact info is listed in the notes and I look forward to chatting with you again next time. 